It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ice Road Truckers. Wait a minute, no, this is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for... January the 18th, and this is typically the time on our show when I regale you with scores from all over the tri-states, except I ain't got none. There was nothing yesterday, absolutely nothing due to the ice storm. So it was a very, very unique Friday night, very quiet Friday night in my world for a change, which was not nice in any way, shape, or form. We missed the basketball. We missed the wrestling. Quincy High Invitational got canceled early, and that was kind of the domino that led everything to start falling off the table for us. So we're going to hope for a little better day today, although the early returns aren't good. We've already had the Lady Panther Basketball Classic at Camp Point Central canceled for this morning. So we'll keep you updated throughout the day on what's going on and what isn't. But we do have a big day of basketball hopefully planned, and we do have a big show planned for you here today because we've got plenty of time to talk, absent scores, and we've got a couple of A-listers lined up for you in just a bit. Reno Pinkston, the Hall of Fame men's basketball coach at West Hancock, will be joining us in a few minutes. We'll talk all kinds of uh, good stuff with Reno, as we always do, once a year. And Ryan Hellenthal, whose Quincy University men's basketball squad has caught fire of late, undefeated at home, 9-5 and five on the season, uh, has, a, has a couple of really big basketball games on the immediate horizon, including one at home today with Illinois Springfield, and then a biggie on Monday night with Truman State. We'll talk with Ryan Hellenthal as well, break down the success of the Quincy University Hawks, kind of what's gone right. We'll talk about Tanner Stuckman's amazing development since his days at Quincy Notre Dame and more. So we've got plenty to talk about coming up today, and we'll have more. In fact, our guest, Reno Pinkston, will join us in just a few minutes. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. Well, a lack of scores to bring you last night has left us plenty of time to talk with our next guest, the Hall of Famer, Reno Pinkston, the head coach of the West Hancock Titans boys basketball team. And Reno, always a pleasure to have you on with us. And I want to start here with you. I know that, you know, you're, you're not a guy who ever feels sorry for yourself, but the injury situation with your basketball team has been insane this year. And I, I go back and I look at poor Aiden Knowles, a kid who tore up his knee, his other knee, his left knee last year, and then makes the big comeback this season, plays really well for you early in the season and then tears the other knee. Do you feel a little bit snake bitten, first of all, with some of the things that have kind of gone on with some of your kids like Aiden and Lucas trying to get them healthy? Absolutely. I, I mean, Chris, you know me well enough. I I don't make excuses, but everybody, every human being is going to you know have a tendency to feel sorry for themselves at times. And uh, fortunately, I've got a wife and people that, that care for me around me that, that get me on the right path again. And my players need me to, to, to prepare them for games. And I don't have time to, to really uh, let that sink in. But honestly, I've never seen anything like it. Um, in all my years of coaching, we all have to deal with some tweaks and, you know, little uh, injuries here and there that aren't debilitating or, or uh, illness, that, which we can't control as well. But it, it does seem strange that, you know, late in my career this is happening. But, you know, we always have somebody step in. That, you know, the, one of the things that the Patriots always use, one of the phrases is, you know, next man up, and that's probably, that's what we've tried to do. But when you've got guys that are integral to your rotation uh, go down, other guys got to step in quickly and know what role that they have to fill. So that makes it difficult on the players because they don't have as much of a comfort zone 
uh, as they might have had and knowing exactly where they fit in, what they need to do. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that we are, we've been forced into, obviously, and we wish we weren't. But uh, we've got a job to do, and we're, we're trying to do it. Well, and I think you've done a pretty darn good job getting kids to step up and kind of change the calculus of your roster. And you did get Lucas Dorothy back, I guess, what, four or five games ago going into the, the Hancock County tournament tonight. His presence matters a lot because he does give you that interior presence that you've kind of lacked since the beginning of the season where you were kind of almost a five-out team at times. Yeah, we yeah we were forced to, to play a little bit differently than we had in the past. And, you know, summer is always where you, you get ready. And ironically, at the end of the summer is when it happened to him. We, we were you know, getting, getting used to, to, to playing a certain way. Now we gotta, uh, we had to change it. Now we'll change back. But, you know, the, one of the problems with coming off an injury, and I'm, I'm sure if, if Aiden was asked about this, he would say something very similar. You, you always, you've gone so long without competing. Uh, you might have gone through rehab and things like that by yourself. But when you get out there, uh, there is going to be a tendency to favor one leg over the other. Um, you know, there's been some atrophy that has occurred, even though you've done rehab. You haven't been out there running up and down and moving side to side. And it hasn't been in an organized fashion. It has been in an organized fashion with rehabilitation, but you never know what your next step's going to be when you're playing a competition. You know, you just react to what happens to you. But whenever in your subconscious that you're trying to favor it, that can cause problems for other parts of your body. So I'm hoping that's not the case. But I know Lucas is not 100% yet, but uh, we tell our players none of us are 100%, uh, you know, especially with injury and illness or just illness in general or how you feel on a certain day. You just got to play mind games with yourself to get yourself to to get back to um, – well, we, we, we would consider uh, your, your normal level of play. You know, we call it default. You know, get, well, what's our default? You know, on offense, we say, what's our default on something? Else? What's our default on defense? And what do we always go back to? So, uh, I, you know, I've never had to go through that. So it's hard for me to, to really comment on it, what it's like. But I know it has to be difficult on those kids when they come back. One of the things I think I liked about your kids just beyond the injury resilience is just the resilience they've kind of shown. And I know you had a moment that probably was not your favorite moment of this season up at the uh, Macomb Western Holiday Tournament where you had that day in the semifinals where nothing seemed to want to go right. It seems like since then your kids have gotten better from that, and that's what you coach, Reno. What did you notice as the tweak, I guess, before the new year and into now when your team is starting to play a little better basketball again? Well, it's hard to pinpoint because, you know, we, I mean, there's a reason why we played poorly. Part of those us probably was because of our opponent playing so well. Um, it's funny how in life or in a, in, a, in a competitive environment, you know, a few little things you'll write early on, how everything falls into place or vice versa. When things don't go well, uh, it always brings me back to what Ron Felling, a, a coach I admire so much that I tried to, to emulate um, in some fashion in, you know, him winning 68 games with all of his teams at Lawrenceville. And I remember Coach and I were talking one day. He says, uh, remember, Coach, he says, uh, our livelihood's in the hands of 16, 17-year-old boys. <laughs> and, you, you you know, they've got other things on their plate as well, but we're hoping that they can focus as well as we do in, in, in getting ready for a game. And, and, and I had another coach that I admire tell me, if you think that kids are going to love the game as much as you, you're crazy. So just accept that and try to work with what you have. And these are kids that I really like, um, and we, we say that to them all the time. You've got that over – you got me over a barrel because I really like you. <laughs> so 
I can get upset with you. I can correct problems, but it's it's all on you guys when it comes down to it. You're the ones lacing them up and putting on the uniform. I, I'm way past that point in my, in my life of playing basketball, but I get to coach kids that I like. And you try to kind of get a feel of the moment. Is that a time where I just tear into them after they played so poorly? Uh, it wasn't. But, you know, in a game, in two games like that on the same day, you know that you're going to be playing opponents that are there for a reason. Right. They're they're in the semifinals for a reason as well. They've been playing well, and they're doing everything they can to impose their will on you and take away the the things that you do best. And whoever does that, uh, whoever can stick by that game plan, is probably going to have the the upper hand. And they got the upper hand on us early. Uh, in the first semifinal game, the second game is is a third place game where kids are going to be down because they're not in the championship game. But I try to get them to understand it. Uh, you, you you can't get these games back. You know, there's no do overs. Whenever you're playing a game in practice, there there is, and you've got to get kids to understand that we got to lace them up again. You know, the great thing and the bad thing about basketball is it doesn't take long for you to get back on the court. In football, you have a bad game, you got a while to to try to fix it and get back on track. It's one game a week. You know, in, in basketball, you may be playing four or five games in a, in a, in a week, depending on, you know, weather and, and, and scheduling and things like that. So, you know, back to your original question, I'm not quite sure, you know, if there's anything I did. Uh, it, it's it's got to be how the kids see things, and maybe there's a few little tidbits that I've tried to tell them that, they, that has hit home for them, uh, those little mantras that we try to, to bring to them every day that, that uh, uh, cliches are cliches for a reason, you know, take it one day at a time, you know, that, that, that does fit the bill right here that we're, we're already, it's already January, almost January 20th, you know, and almost the end of January, I told our kids by the end of this week, we should have 20 games and we're two thirds of the way through our season. So that, and we have a lot of seniors on our team and maybe that has something to do with it. That, when you have a senior-laden team, they, there should be a sense of urgency that might not be there for other teams because they always have a future ahead of them of years coming uh, coming up and, and things that they can do when they get older. But there, there is no guarantee that, that you know, how long you're going to be able to play. Just ask Aiden and, uh, about that. Oh, you know, sure. Aiden knows wants to play basketball, and, and, and both knees go out on him, and, and that's just that, that's, that's awful. But it's, it's you know, even with that, yes. it, it is. He, he loved to play basketball. Now he doesn't get to play, but he's got his whole life ahead of him. And we're going to try to make the best of what we can out of a lousy situation where basketball is still part of his life. And those other guys, I hope they see that and, and appreciate the fact that they're able to play. So um, it, it's a back to your first question about injuries. I I just don't know why this is happening, but we can't dwell on it, and we can't dwell on those two losses. From the call, we got to move on. So I think it's it's more the kids than anything, you know, hitching up their bootstraps and, and going let's let's go play. Well, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Drake, who's kind of been the centerpiece of what you've done. Drake Hamill has kind of gotten the Paxton Harmon treatment for you this season as well, because he's so yeah. integral to everything, and he kind of does a little bit of everything for you. Uh, just just as a standpoint, I know he's a great kid on top of everything else, but from a from a skill set wise and uh, a desire wise, when you have a kid like that, that kind of that kind of smooths the uh, waters a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. He's a what I call a Swiss Army knife. You know, he's. Uh, Whatever you need done is, is is what he will do for you. Now, all of those things 
you know, when you've got that that kind of ability, you probably won't have one dominant feature. And because you're forced to hit on all of them, you know, a little at a time as you go along, you got to find out what is needed in this game, what's needed in this game. Am I the point guard? Am I the, you know, the point forward? Am I defensively? Am I guarding the post? Am I guarding the perimeter? He can make those adjustments. I was talking to somebody the other day about people want to talk about Drake's offense, you know, and statistics bear that out. But defensively, I rarely see a kid that learns how to play defense the way I teach it on the ball. He does a great job of using his body um, to get in somebody's way without fouling them. And so that, you know, he picked up on a, on a lot of things we teach on individual things. But to, to, to your point, you know, most of that, most people think about offense when they, they think of a Swiss Army knife type of a player, you know, that he has done so much for us. His freshman year is his role is different, sophomore, junior. Now, senior, it's, it's really drastically changed to a point where, um, you know, he is called upon more often in every game than, than ever before to do something that may not be his, his best thing. Drake's best thing is having the ball in his hands in the post, and we call it torture chamber in somebody, where you get down there and go, okay, uh, I'm going to score on you. Well, he doesn't have that luxury anymore. You know, we can't just fly, throw him down the post and say, okay, it's going to be one-on-one. His days of one-on-one are over. Yeah, pretty much. And and it's and everybody that we play against knows his name. We talk about this. They're saying your name in practice. They're not saying, oh, that uh, number 30 on their team, that – that kid's got blonde hair. They're not saying that anymore. They're saying Drake or Drake Hamill or Hamill. They're saying his name, and for a reason, because he's brought that upon himself uh, by playing, being such a, a, a heck of a player at this level. Uh, he, he's a, a great high school player, and and we've tried to milk him for as, as much as we can, but he'll tell you as well as anybody, he's nothing without his teammates, and his teammates know that, and they need him, and he needs them, and and. You know, it's 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 the way it's going to be. And I told Drake one time, I said, I know you're getting hit when you go to the basket. I know that you're getting fouled. But we've got to get through it. You know, we, we can cry about it or we can we can learn how to get through that initial contact and finish. And he's done a, a heck of a job of that for us. Well, always a pleasure, my friend. Reno Pinkston's team has a huge game tonight in the Hancock County Tournament. Maybe the de facto tournament championship tonight with a showdown with Keokuk and Zach Summers' team, who has been very talented. Wish you the best of luck, and we'll have highlights of that one coming up tonight on the Big Overtime. Reno, thank you so much for the time, as always. No problem, Chris. Nice talking to you. Always a pleasure. And when we come back, we will break it all down with Quincy University men's basketball coach Ryan Hellenthal. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. Well, something fun is starting to percolate at Pepsi Arena as the Quincy University men's basketball team has caught fire of late. We are joined by their head coach, Ryan Hellenthal, whose team has won three straight, who is undefeated at home and has a big one today you can be a part of out at 315 against the University of Illinois Springfield. Ryan, thank you as ever for joining us. And first of all for you, I got to ask, was there a galvanizing moment that kind of brought this all together that kind of started this win streak? Because I go back to that 17-0 run you had out out of the second half against Maryville, and it kind of felt like that was the discovery of who your guys could be. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. Uh, you're right. I think, uh, you know, the, the tide started to turn a little bit in that Maryville game, and, and we, we finally made some shots, and, 
And I think, uh, you know, I think that was a byproduct of, of kind of what we went through the previous weekend. We went up to Kansas City for the first, uh, you know, first games after the new year and, and lost to Rockhurst and William Jill, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, we didn't play very well. Our attitudes weren't very well. And, uh, so we spent some time together as a team those, those next couple of days going into that Maryville game, just, just trying to lay it all out there and, hey, we got to get this thing right. Uh, you know, the second half, we got, got enough stops against Maryville and, and made some shots and, We've gathered momentum, Chris, and, and I think uh, you know I think our guys are playing with a lot of confidence right now, and and obviously having fun. So um, it's it's been a good three games at home for us. Well, Victor hits that shot the other night, and kind of everything suddenly coalesces around that as well. Um, that was such a unique and fun moment, and such a great reward for your guys just to kind of have that kind of win in your home gym that kind of puts an exclamation point on on things. I would think. Yeah, no question, and you know since. Since I've been the head coach, you know we've been on the end a lot of the other other end of those kind of games, and it was finally good to win one. It was really a uh, Lewis had beaten us six straight times, Chris, so it was kind of a signature win for us. And, um, you know, and, and I think that obviously, um, you know, to be able to, I was just proud to see him execute. To be honest with you, um, you know, to be able to to listen for for ten seconds and draw up a play and and, and make it happen. And um, you know, Ryan Briscoe, Victor gets a lot of the credit, but Ryan Briscoe made a terrific pass and. Uh, just as you said, a great moment for our guys and our program. You, you touched on your guys too, and they're they're starting to figure a lot of things out. Which I know when you took over this job, there was a lot of rolling up of the sleeves and trying to get this done. But this roster is starting to amplify. I think what you wanted to build it around, and such a big part of that has obviously been Tanner Stuckman's development, which I think has surprised a lot of people who didn't know that he could be this level of player. Uh, just for the way he stretches the floor for you and all the different things he's done. Uh, how proud are you of that development and just the I, I guess the resonance investment he's made in himself and in his teammates and trying to get there oh no question chris i you know i've coached 19 years and I, there's very few kids that i've been prouder than i'll be honest with you um you know i was one of those guys as a as i was in another school at the time and saw tanner play the uh the summer before his senior year and and was one of those guys that said he'll never play division two basketball and for you know for three three and a half years now uh even during his redshirt year when when i was with coach bell He's proving me wrong every day. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I love about him now, Chris, is he's playing with that fire, that edge, um, that urgency that maybe he didn't have the last couple of years. He's really matured, um, you know, and he's developed his game. Uh, he went from a just a uh, jump shooter to being able to score the ball inside, and he's getting a lot more rebounds this year, and he's just playing with an edge that uh, that just exudes confidence. And, hey, I'm the best player on the floor every night. And, um, you know, it's just been wonderful to see. and. You know, we could sit here as a staff and a program and take credit for that. But as you mentioned, uh, the kid's the hardest working kid I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, he's just never satisfied. He goes through a practice and he has a workout and he's in the weight room. He's just, he's really dedicated to the game and his craft. And, you know, I think he'd like to play after college and, um, you know, just has done a terrific job for us. He certainly has. And I want to talk a little bit about this moment that you're at now. Now that all of the good things that have started happening, I've got to imagine this game with Illinois Springfield, who's kind of a dangerous animal in their own right, and then Monday night, obviously, with Truman State coming in. I mean, this is a pretty critical point to take advantage of that momentum. What have you kind of impressed on the guys about, hey, we're here, what what do we do now, I guess, Ryan, is my question. Yeah, yeah, we can't, you know, this group uh... – the last 12, 13 hours, we've talked about how to handle success a little bit because, you know, most of these kids haven't done that. Uh, you know, and so I think, 
we talked about, uh, you know, especially after a big win like that Thursday, Chris, you know as well as you've seen enough sports over the years yeah. where we can't have that emotional letdown today. You know, we have got to uh, somehow get back get back up and, and understand that, hey, right now Springfield's above us in the conference standings, and we only played them one time this year. So this game has a lot of implications, you know, as, as we're trying to get into the GLBC tournament. Um, you know, it's just a, a situation where, hey, you got to be able to handle success and, um, you know, we're not done yet. I, and, and that's the one thing I love about this group, Chris. They, they're never satisfied. They, they want more. Uh, now that they've tasted success a little bit, um, you know, it's, it's contagious and, and they, they understand, hey, listen, we've got, you know, Springfield today and, and Truman tomorrow. And when this thing started, we said, hey, on this homestand, we need to be five and oh. And, and, uh, so we're close, but as you said, it's, it's going to be tough today, Springfield. Um, you know, very, very good. They're above us in the standings, as I mentioned, and they probably got three of the best athletes in the GLBC on the perimeter. So, um, you know, our guys understand that, hey, no one respects our program right now in the league because we've been bad the last couple of years, uh, and they're trying to earn respect. And we have to go earn it, Chris. That's the one thing that, that's, that we impress upon our kids is like, hey, nobody's going to hand it to us here. we got to go earn respect. And we're starting to do that, but we need to take another step today. Well, and, and you kind of touched on it even when you were talking about Tanner. You do have guys who don't mind the grind, a Ryan Briscoe, an Austin Downing. I mean, these are guys that kind of like the rough and tumble of it all. And i got to imagine, you know, when you throw out that nobody respects you thing, they respond. That's got to be a huge help in trying to get that next step. Oh, no question. And, and you know, we talked about that last year, but we just had we, we had a bad mix, Chris, you know, of, of injuries and personnel. Sure. Uh, like you mentioned earlier in the, in, the, in the conversation here, we're starting to get to that point where we finally got the kids that, that really invest in the program and the program. And, you know, as well as I do, that's half the battle um, because we got, we got good kids. We, they enjoy being around each other. They enjoy representing the program on and off the floor. Um, but, but, again, they're, they're a hungry bunch. And I just, uh, you know, obviously today's a, a many people view it as a trap game because everybody everybody likes that Quincy Truman matchup. Yeah, but absolutely. As a, as a program, we understand that hey, you know, Springfield's going to be there in the end because they're good, and um, you know, it's just a with this group, it's a day by day basis. <laughs> and I know that's cliche, Chris, but you know, we take one day at a time and can't look ahead and and uh you know hopefully we bring our best today at, at 315 last one for you Ryan, and the little bit of time that we do have left i, I want to ask you this because you've been there banging your head against the wall as much as any of these guys i mean because it's it's on you as well and it's a matter right. of pride what have you kind of learned from this experience that maybe you didn't know and i know you have great sounding boards around you but yeah. what have you yeah. kind of learned about the whole experience as a, as a head coach in in a rebuilding phase i guess oh i mean chris i'll tell you i've you know this is my 19th year and i've, I've learned more in the last two that I did the previous seven, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a much, much tougher challenge than I ever anticipated. Um, the one thing that, the one thing that, and I've, I've thought this as a, as, a, as I developed my philosophy over the years, but you got to have the right kids in a program like Quincy. Uh, we're not the sexy, you know, we're not in St. Right. Louis. We're not in Louisville. We're not in, you know, uh, some of these bigger markets and we've got to find a certain kid that, that, wants to be in this type of atmosphere. Quincy University is not for everybody, you know, and, and so in the recruiting pro, I think that's the biggest thing that, that I've taken the last couple of years is, hey, you can go out and find talented athletic guys, but they must fit in what we're trying to do as a culture and what we're trying to do as a program. And, um, you know, we, we just we have to continue to take steps in recruiting to make sure that we have the, the toughness type of kid that, that can perform here in the classroom and on the floor at Quincy because – 
you know, we're that program where we've got to go find some, some, some guys that no one knows about, guys that are very under-recruited guys that play with a chip on their shoulder and have an edge. And, um, you know, I think we're starting to do that. Uh, but as you know, Chris, that's a, that's a tough balancing act because this league is so good. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, you, you got to have some talent. So uh, that's been the hardest part, just, make, just trying to find the right fit here for Quincy. Uh, I think we're on that track, but but it's been it's been very difficult the first two years. Well, keep up the great work. Go get one today at three fifteen, and everybody can have a chance to be a part of this today. Head on out to Pepsi Arena three fifteen for the big showdown with Illinois Springfield. Thank you, Mister Hellenthal, as always. No, Chris, appreciate you. Thanks for all you do. Oh, absolutely. And that wraps up another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket. We'll see you right back here next Saturday at eight a.m. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.